You're listening to the Maniverse Podcast, and this is session number 92. This is the podcast where we talk about the business of tabletop games, explore what it takes to make a local game store an elf business. I mean, it's easy, lucrative, and fun. Uh, we believe that by learning new skills and strategies, we can elevate the entire industry, make a greater impact on our local communities, and create profitable businesses that allow us to enjoy the hobbies and games that got us into the industry in the first place. If you want to fast-track your game store success, then head over to maniversesaga.com forward slash join and become a member of the Maniverse Network. That's where you'll find a community of game store owners dedicated to building their businesses, as well as all the recordings from the 2020 LGS Success Summit, weekly masterminds, and additional content and courses. My goal this year is to make the Maniverse Network the place to be for ambitious game store owners that want to grow their businesses. So to that end, I got a number of exciting projects planned over the next 12 months, including the 2021 LGS Success Summit this summer. Go to maniversesaga.com forward slash join to become a member today. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Trapman, and I have with me, Steve Port. Steve's... Uh, let's do a quick introduction to Steve for those of you who don't know, but uh, maybe you, you've heard of him before, you've heard from him before. Uh, Steve's introduction to competitive gaming was in the early 90s. He began organizing leagues for strategy games. This was followed closely by organizing sanctioned events for Wizards of the Coast. Uh, this early hobby quickly turned into full-time employment as he acquired contracts with companies like Wizards of the Coast, Upper Deck, and Konami. Uh, from 2001 to 2015, Steve organized some of Magic's largest tournaments while also starting and overseeing several companies connected to the tabletop gaming world. Uh, he is heading up Melee.gg with Jason Flatford, Brad Nelson, uh, who some of you may have heard of, and Adam Shaw, each of which uh, brings something unique to the team in addition to their shared passion for Magic the Gathering. Uh, Steve was actually also one of my first interviewees on the podcast many years ago. Uh, he appeared on episode 14 of the Metaverse podcast back in 2015, and now he is back to give us the lowdown on Melee.gg and the future. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Well, uh, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for donating your time today. Uh, let's talk about running events. It's one of my favorite subjects, and it's uh, been a challenging... Well. <laughs> It being 2021 now, 2020 was a challenging year for running tournaments. So 2021 is going to be so much better. <laughs> I, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. And it seems like uh, what you guys are bringing to the table might make that a, uh, a reality. So uh, before we get into the, me the mechanics and the meat and potatoes of, of Melee GG, uh, how did you get involved with the company? Like, how did this whole thing come about? What's the history of uh, your involvement so far? Uh, I was approached by Jason Flatford, who is the uh, the the brain uh, the brains behind it. The, the he he's he's a wicked good developer. Um, uh, just has some incredible ideas and 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 codes faster than anybody I've ever heard of. Uh, he, he's just crazy prolific. Uh, prolific. Can't say the word, but you know where I'm going. Um, and he is. Uh, he approached me in the fall after some recommendations from some other people he had talked to about somebody to help him launch this company. Uh, being as I, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of experience in, in all of the places that, that he needed to be between events and, uh, and just the various companies around, around, uh, the space that I was a pretty good fit, uh, especially given my general early launch into the technology side of events. Uh, my, my company, 
uh, Legion events were, and, and my, my game stores further uh, back into the early 2000s were uh, the first, we were the first people to do scrolling pairings and then eventually online pairings. Uh, so when we were doing live events, we were we were scrolling your pairings up on screen so that you could get your numbers that way instead of having to print off paper and and do that. It, it meant our events ran somewhere in the neighborhood of five to ten minutes around faster than everybody else's, and um, and it was we were the first people to do that. So I've I've got a long and storied history with uh, new technology and magic. Um, so it, it was suggested to him that I was a good fit for that. So brought that in and. Uh, um, and I said, yeah, you know, we can probably do something with this, but you know, let's kind of talk as we as we move forward. He approached me as uh, as somebody that might be interested, and I said, yeah, sure, let's let's see what happens. So our initial plan was to kind of go into a light alpha in early 2020, uh, and that was going to be with uh, that was going to be, you know, just kind of getting a couple of organizers on board and seeing what it could do and where our holes might be, or the sorts of things that we need to, to fix. Um, and uh, with the initial plan uh, to go into uh, like a full beta sometime, probably late spring or maybe into early summer, depending on how the, the alpha went. Uh, and then COVID happened. Uh, and we tore that band-aid right off. We, we just jumped in with both feet and said, you know, this is the time to get it done. Uh, the world needs this right now. So uh, it, it's not exactly where we want it to be, but uh, it's close enough and, and let's give people something to do. So um, it was a good decision at the, at the time, uh, still a good decision. And uh, when we're real happy that we did, we've uh, we're up to in the 10 months that we've been, been active, we're up to uh, just over 27,000 users already and, uh, and growing uh, something like 700 organizations. It's uh, uh, people registered to run tournaments that is organized organizers on the site. Um, that's where we are now. That's a uh, that's pretty incredible. That's some fantastic growth, and I'm <laughs> I'm sure COVID had a lot to do with COVID it. COVID had right? a lot to do with it. A lot of people jumping onto uh, some 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 new opportunities, yep. some solutions to some existing. People problems. wanted to organize play. Uh, competitive competitive players want to play, uh, and they didn't have any outlet for that when when all the hobby stores around the country got shut down. Wizards shut down. Organized play in store and, and still continues to be shut down, and probably will be for the. Uh, until uh, the vaccine gets out enough that, that, that they feel comfortable letting people open up again. Uh, so I, I, we don't know when that will be, but sometime next year at some point. I, so I guess not next year anymore. We're in 2021 now. So sometime later this year, we, we hopefully that, that yeah, launches back up. Now. Yeah, no, definitely. So from somebody who's you know maybe never played arena especially uh like a store owners you know too busy running their business they maybe not don't have a lot of time to really uh you know fire up mtg arena and, and uh, play some games how does this work like how does your platform integrate with arena and how does it actually run the events and how does that whole so, thing function from somebody who's, okay so who's from uh, it, uh this is uh, you know generally from a store perspective uh, this is going to be very similar to DCI Reporter or a newer version of it would be WER, uh, Wizards Event Reporter, uh, but it's online. So it's handling all the pairings and all of the all the calculating matches and match totals and percentages. Everything is handled through our, our portal. 
with the addition of also acting like uh, like the pairings listing and also acting like the match slip. So um, when a player comes in and registers for a tournament, uh, they're they're given access to a player controller. Uh, this player controller for that specific event. So. Uh, so if I'm starting an event for, for my company, Legion, and, and I've, I've set this up and I've got 50 people that are coming in and playing in this tournament, uh, each time one of them register, you know, I see it my controller. I have a tournament controller for my, my portion of it as an organizer. I have a tournament controller that I can see all of the data. Uh, who's in my tournament? How many people are there? Have they submitted their deck list yet? Um, have they checked in? You know, as we get closer to the tournament, have they checked in and are ready to play? Uh, all of the things that you could possibly need are available on that tournament controller. And now the players have a version of that for themselves that is basically, what is my interaction with this specific tournament? Um, and they can be registered in multiple uh, multiple tournaments, uh, and they'll have a separate player controller for each one. Um, so when they want to play, come to play in my tournament, they're going to click on the controller for that one, and it's shown right on their front right on their front tournaments page and said, hey, you've got this tournament coming up. Click this button and you can get going on it. Um, so you click the player controller and then that has that shows you where you can upload your deck list. It, it shows you, you know, start times and round clocks and all of the other things that you might possibly need from a tournament is right there on that portal. And it is it is web for our, uh, mobile friendly. They can you can use it from a mobile phone. Um, so once they've started playing on their player controller uh, or the, the tournament organizer will set a set of uh, make a set of pairings and they'll push that live and then the player will see the pairing that they've been given on their controller and just theirs they'll see theirs and they'll see uh, they'll see the name of their opponent and then at the same time it also brings up uh, if deck lists are required for this tournament it'll bring up their deck list and it'll bring up their opponent's deck list and it'll also bring up a chat window where they can direct, uh, interact directly with their opponent. Uh, so this is handled a lot of times before what we were doing, a lot of times what handle, people would try to do things on Discord where they would just say, everybody go in Discord and we'll post up a, a text pairings and you figure out who you're playing and you go find that person. Um, and we, we, we say that's very similar to like trying to run a big magic tournament in a convention center where everybody's just standing in front of the registration desk yelling, trying to find their, their opponents or trying to, trying to solve their matches. Um, it, gets, it gets cacophonous. Uh, it's, it gets really, really hard to, to dial down and find the thing that you need uh, dealing with Discord. So what our platform does is it removes a lot of that, that chaos and gives you a very specific channel to, to handle your things, including discussion with the with the organizer. Hey, my opponent hasn't reported. I don't know what to do. Well, you could go to Discord and just shout into the void at the Discord, or you can click a button on our on our on your player controller and talk directly to the organizer, where you'll have a, a feed directly into someone who can help you instead of you know having to try to get filtered through a, a, a pile of voices. Um, so all really what it's doing is it's refining and directing and helping you get the tools that you need in the place that you want them uh, so that your tournament experience is smoother uh, and and that's that's what it's all about that's uh, that's melee so it sounds like it really streamlines the process and eliminates a lot of the waiting and the waste and the yep. lost energy uh, yep. I 
definitely have a lot of memories of standing around and looking for the you know the one out of the ten thousand or whatever names on fifty pieces of paper to find out which one you are and what table you're at and all of those yeah, fun experiences. The, uh, at least yeah, back, back in the day, day yeah, the, the, way the, it used the to equivalent be. of that is that this is this tells you who your opponent is. It gives you their arena name, or if you're playing Magic Online, or you know whatever whatever version of the game you're playing, it it tells you how to contact them, and tells you how to pair up with them on that program. Uh, they'll have put in their arena name, and you've put in your arena name, and it comes up, and you don't get to see your opponent's arena name until you check in for the match. Like that's kind of a, uh, the carrot for the reward for that for 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 checking in and making sure that you're doing the things that you need to do. Once you see your opponent's name, you just you just send a uh, a game request through the through the client, either Arena or, or Magic Online, uh, and you start playing. Uh, it's it's and then once you're done, right there on the player controller, you've got your match result goes right into the player controller. Um, I won the first game, I lost the second game, and I lost the third game. You know, I'm I'm saying is me, and I understand how I how I work, so I definitely lost two of the three games. Um, but uh, uh, and then you've got that ability to track. <laughs> and then you'll be able to see your match history right on that. So as your rounds go, you'll be able to see what not only what who you've played, but what the results of those were. So you can make sure that it's a, it's entered right. And um, and again, as I said, it's got a it's got a direct line into talking with the with the organizing staff uh, just with a single single click and typing out some information to tell them what you're looking for, and then they can get right back to you. That sounds uh, fantastic. <laughs> like I'm, you know, generally speaking, that sounds great. It sounds like it replicates the in-person experience. So kind of like, hey, you know, you, oh, it's you, you and me, we're playing. Okay, let's go sit down over here, right? Let's yep. get the yep. get the cards going. So I, I definitely like the way that you've structured things, and it sounds like it's really effective at uh, facilitating a tournament in a way that uh, that works for the players and also works for the organizers. Yeah. So it's it sounds really exciting. So. Uh, how how does the you know like if you want to charge for an event is this only for free? Tournaments? We've got what so Wizards of the Coast has event? rules that say who can and cannot charge for tournaments on Arena and uh, Magic Online, uh, and that is specifically down to WPN stores. If you are not a WPN location, you cannot charge for tournaments that you that are being played on Arena. They've currently got an entry cap of twenty five dollar uh, twenty a maximum twenty five dollar entry fee. Uh, that you can that you can post, um, uh, but that is uh, but that is again restricted only to WPN locations. So if you're just a generic organizer um, and you don't have a location and you want to run tournaments on Melee, you can, but you can't charge for them. Um, there's there's no way to to take entry fees for them, um, and we we police that pretty pretty well from our side. We don't let anybody who's not either either not a WPN location themselves or hasn't paired with a WPN location because a lot of times a store will be not willing to run or doesn't want to run their own stuff, but has someone who will do it for them, and that organization is their effective partner for this. And we've got a few organizations that are that way where we've got a store that doesn't have their own organizing account they've paired with with a with a third party organizer to say these these people are doing our organized play and they have our permission and they're and and they're connecting that when we do that we still require that the WPN location is the is the is the organization that gets the money um, uh, to that end uh, right now we have to have a stripe account connected so um, 
the organizer has to go create a Stripe account and they have to connect it to this organizer's, uh, the store has to go create a Stripe account and connect it to this organizer's, uh, uh, organizer's account on Melee. And then when people play in the tournaments, the money's dropped directly into the uh, pay for a tournament. The money's dropped directly into the store's account. Uh, so we, we tack on a 10% fee. Um, it's an additive fee. So if you're charging a $10 entry fee, we add a dollar. The, the player plays $11. We take all of the entry, fee, all of the stripe fees, all of the base stripe fees out of out of what we make. So out of that dollar comes the the 2.9% plus 30 cents that stripe charges, um, and you get the full 10 bucks back. Uh, there's a couple of minor differences to that, specifically around international stuff. Um, stripe charges additional fees if you take money from. Uh, from currencies that are not the default currency. So um, uh, if, you are, if you're a US uh, organizer and your default is US dollars and somebody pays in euros, uh, Stripe is gonna take an extra 1%. Uh, and, that's, but that's, and that comes out of your side of it because we can't control that and we can't predict that. So we don't have any way to, to count for that. So, uh, but it's a pretty minimal thing as far as that goes. Like on a ten dollars entry fee, you know, there's uh, they're taking an extra uh, ten cents or whatever. Uh, not a not a big deal. Yeah. Gotcha. So the at least at this point, the limit on the amount that you can charge is still twenty five dollars. That's the, the yeah, most. At this point, um, I. I'm comfortable that if, like, I, I'm comfortable saying that I think if somebody had a re legit reason for charging more than that, and they were an organizer in good standing, and they went to Wizards and said, "Look, here's a thing that we want to do, but we got to charge 50 bucks to do it. Um, if you can sell Wizards on it, uh, they would let you do it." Um, nobody has so far. I think the most we've had anybody's wanted to charge is 25, and that's a it's a pretty good number. Uh, so I, I can't imagine needing to go over that, but it's a uh, um, but that that's it's a fairly high. High minimum. Most people are charging in the ten to fifteen dollar range when they charge for a tournament, anyway. So, it's uh, it's well within limit. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the uh, the situation has changed, right? So we're you're not going to have uh, you're not be you're not going to be paying for a large conference right. center to run a four thousand person tournament like you would before. In which case, you'd have to justify a higher expense because you're paying X number of thousands of yeah. dollars for the space or yeah. And the staff and all that other stuff is kind of uh, yeah. really reduces your overhead. Uh, and it also melee will, so, melee will actually also so reduce then, your uh, staff overhead as well uh, compared to a live tournament. Um, we recommend uh, in general that you have one person on staff for about every 75 players. Um, depending on the type of player you expect to attract, you may want to have uh, one per 50 or so. Uh, but for the most part, one to 75 works really well. And if you have a very experienced clientele, uh, so like you have a known set of people that are that are that are coming in and working, you can get by with a little bit less, even like maybe one to 100. Uh, one, 70, one to 75 seems to be a really a really good set. Like so, if you're just running your F and M with 20 people on melee, uh, you need the one staff, and that that guy is going to be or that that staffer is going to be bored most of the time. Um, because it's it's just that easy. There's there's very little to do. Much less processing. Lot yep. Less, uh, footwork. Yep. You don't have to enter the results. So the players do it themselves. That, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm 
images exactly how it should have been in the first place. But whatever. So how uh, how, uh, how does that work? We don't handle any of that. That's all on the organizer. So um, they're they're getting the money. Uh, The money deposits directly to their account, and it's up to them to, to send it out. Um, it's important to make sure that they're following local laws wherever they are. Um, and part of the reason we do it this way versus taking and trying to pay it out ourselves is that um, we're, we're doing this worldwide uh, and laws change in a lot of places. And the people that know best what where they are and what they're doing are the, are the people that are there. So we, uh, the organizers, the organizers get the money and the organizers handle it uh, on their end of it. Um, and that's probably the most seamless for everybody at this point. It could change in the future. Um, there are some things we would like to do, and part of that might include pulling that back in and, and disseminating it. But there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that we've got to make sure that we've got in line before we can do that, um, because there are there are just a lot of considerations when when you're not. I'm not just dealing with like I'm in Minnesota. I'm not just dealing with Minnesota. I'm dealing with all of the 50 states, but also Canada and Spain and Brazil and Japan and China and Australia, you know, like, like it's, and all of these places have, have different particular uh, rules. Like for instance, there are, there are rules in, in, uh, uh, in France that say that they, they can't run a tournament and uh, like this uh, over a certain entry fee and make a profit from it. Um, So they have to be real careful about how they do it. Like they can run it. It's not against the rules, but they just have to be really careful about how they, they structure it. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, and every, every country has different laws like that. And within the States, every state has slightly different laws about, about what that is. And so it's real important for the, for stores to know what they can and can't do, uh, and how to handle that. And then also they, they have to handle applicable tax wherever they are as well. So, um, we, we handle the tax on the portion that we take in. They have to handle the tax on, on the portion that they take. Gotcha, gotcha. So, in a lot of ways, a lot like how they have to kind of yep. you have to know that yep. if you're rerunning in-person events as well, right? Generally, it's the same yep. rules generally apply whether you're running them online or not. Gotcha. So, uh, figure it out. PayPal, store credit. Can you send it through Stripe? Can you uh, to, to players? No, not to not to players. Uh, it's one of the things that we had hoped to be able to do. Um, and, it, and it doesn't. And actually, one of one of the things that we're one of the first things that we're going to change in 2021 is we're actually going to move to a PayPal system. Uh, Stripe does a lot of really cool stuff, um, uh, but it's it's limited in a few ways that we don't want it to be limited. And I think we've got a lot more flexibility with if we go to PayPal. Um, they uh, they have a linked service called Hyperwallet that'll allow us to do a lot of really interesting things, uh, uh, including some payouts. So depending on what sort of system we ha- we en- end up with, we may be able to do a system where we can collect and, and pay out. But again, that's that's future. That's not now. Um, we're still a pretty young company. We're still we're under a year old at this point. <laughs> and, uh, we're still we're still learning every day uh, what we need to do in this space. And uh, um, and you know for the first holy cow, for the first six months or so, uh, it was all about keeping up. Like we were, we were growing so fast. It was everything we could do to, uh, to keep up. Um, we've, we've really settled in pretty well in the last couple of months now. And, and the amount of effort that I'm putting into customer service every day has gone way down and that's, that's super helpful. So we're, we're going to hopefully slowly start rolling out. We're, uh, we're, we're looking into some things for early next year and, and hopefully, uh, 
hopefully by the end of the year we'll have what we're, we're internally we're calling melee two and that will be uh, a lot of changes that are going to come in it'll look a little different it'll act a little different and more it'll be more efficient um, we we built the current site with an expectation of how many people we would serve and we destroyed that expectation within the first month month and a half i think uh and, and it has just been climbing since then so we've we've got some restructuring to do to 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 get it where we want to be it's it's still it functions very very well um it's among the best uh there are there are other platforms in the in the space you know whether smash gg or battlefy there are other places that do this sort of thing none of them specialize in magic so you can't do deck lists properly through there you have to do the the thing where you upload a deck list to a Google document and you tell people to just go look up their opponent's deck list for, for the open deck list format. Um, so we, we have that handled uh, better than anybody uh, and, our, uh, and our system is very smooth. Um, we've, uh, we've had a couple of trials and tribulations over time, um, a couple of uh, big events that, that, that came in that weren't run the way we expected them to be run and ended up causing some trouble, but we've We've sorted all of that out, and uh, um, we—I don't think we've had a service disruption in a very long time. Well, that, that's good to hear. Obviously, like there's always yep. growing pains at the beginning, especially uh, yeah, with the we're, we're, company, and you're, yep. you're you're figuring out the software. Yeah, we've got two different two different things load. happening. We've got um, there's some weird things that happen in programming when you get up to a certain certain number of of connections. Uh, and that, and you can't necessarily see that something's not working exactly perfectly, because when there's only a hundred people using the service, it you just don't see the traffic. It doesn't get crazy, but if you have an inefficient, uh, if you have something that's happening inefficiently in your program, you don't necessarily see that until you get up into a thousand or fifteen hundred players. Where now, like if every if 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 this one specific connection that's opening is is opening for each person, but it's opening twelve different connections. You don't see that. You don't see that as a problem at 100 people because it's still well within the scope of, of anything handling it. Now you multiply that times a thousand, and all of a sudden, you know you're 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 way north, uh, and a lot of a lot of crazy things start happening. Uh, we also see often with with the really big events, especially if they're a really big event with a with a low or no entry fee, and and a big prize you end up getting a lot of people coming in who are unfamiliar. Uh, and when people come into the system that, and they haven't worked with it before, they haven't known it before, even though it is very intuitive and it's very easy, um, uh, especially when we're dealing with, with multiple languages sometimes, uh, you'll end up getting a lot of people go, well, I'm not sure what's going on, so I'm gonna refresh. Mm -hmm. And then they refresh. And now you multiply that again times, you know, the 500, 600 people who are refreshing when they shouldn't be. And now we've increased those queries again. Uh, so everything we've done has been in a, uh, we've been pushing it towards a yeah. place where um, where we're telling you as much information as we can in the screen in front of you so that you don't ever feel like you have to hit a refresh like there's there's something moving or there's something happening on the screen all the time to let you know that this thing is still working um, because a lot of times what'll happen is if you don't see anything move it's like well Maybe something's changed, but I don't know. I'm going to hit refresh. Um, and again, every time you Maybe you jam refresh on a thousand yep. people, uh, it, it starts mucking up the works a little bit. So um, we've uh, we've got it super solid. Uh, I think the last tournament that ran at 500 plus, um, we didn't even scale our servers up for it. Just it just ran just fine. So uh, we can handle an awful lot of people right now. Um, 
it's been uh, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been a learning experience for this old guy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it has. Uh, so, what were some of the mistakes that you saw from some of these uh, organizers? What did they do to uh, make things not there's, run as efficiently and cause issues? What were they, there's a couple. Um, the primary one is staff. I mentioned before that we you should have at least one to seventy five, and in mm -hmm. the primary problem that's happened uh, in, in a couple of instances is that there was not enough staff. Um, uh, one particular instance, uh, which uh, I'm sure people have heard about, and I won't, I won't necessarily talk any specific, specify any names, but there, there was a recommendation from us that they have around 25 staff. Uh, and as far as we can tell, they put up about 17. Um, so they were, they were just unable to handle the crush that happened. And there, there was a problem on our side. Um, we got it sorted out, but because they, they were understaffed, they just couldn't, they couldn't recover from it. Um, staff, proper staffing allow, allows you to, to, to recover when things go bad. Uh, if, if they had had proper amount of staff, they, they probably could have gotten it by and, and, the, and the event would have been fine. Um, but uh, the, other, the other one is very typically how you interact with your players. Um, we have a whole lot of space on our, on our tournament pages for you to tell the players what to expect, um, when they should be around, when they should put in their deck list, uh, what time they expect to start, uh, what sorts of things you're expecting from them, what sorts of things you're going to get, you're going to give to them, like uh, answering all the questions. You know, just, so again, just like a paper event, the more you tell them up front, the less questions you have and the less customer service you end up having to give them. So um, the, the one of the really important things you can do is be as verbose as you can be. Obviously, you want to you want to distill it. You you don't want to just be throwing up words to 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 make sure that you're filling space, but make sure that you're telling people exactly what they need to know and that it's available for them. Because uh, there 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 are certainly players uh, out there that are not going to look that stuff up and they're going to ask you anyway. Uh, but the majority of people that that run in these things, they get it and they're going to go look and they're going to figure out what they need to do. And uh, the more information you give them, uh, or the 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 ability to find that information easier uh, is going to make their time easier and it's going to make your customer service easier and it's going to make uh, your tournament run smoother. Just it's always about managing expectations and, and letting people know where you stand. Transparency is, is huge. Um, it's been a been a big thing of mine all the way back into the early 90s when I was when I was running stuff like I'll, I'll tell you what's going on and I'll I'll tell you when it's happening and and uh, if there's a problem, I'll let you know. And as soon as I know something, you know something. Um, uh, when in the case of, a, of something going wrong, um, so it's uh, transparency is huge. Yeah, and there's do not underestimate the power of a good FAQ section. Indeed, like one of the things that I. I relatively frequently tell people is if you get the same question more than once, or even if you get a question that you think is pretty relevant and more people might be asking, write it down and then put it on somewhere, put it up on your website, put it somewhere where people can find it easily. And like, it makes a lot of sense when, uh, when you're thinking about like a new mm -hmm. software, something like, yeah. you know, Melee, like this kind of a system. If you're a new, if you're a store owner who's just trying this out and your players may or may not have ever given it a shot yet, 
uh, you need to set them up for success. So try and answer as many questions as you can ahead of time so that you don't have to do it a million times. We have, we have a full documentation, but uh, yeah, thinking ahead and and getting that. We have a full documentation page on Melee. That was, that was a thing we pushed for early and it, and it's occasionally a little out of date. So things may not be, you know, we, we went through a lot of iterations and there's some things in there that may not be exactly, you know, the pictures may not look exactly right and whatnot, but, uh, but it is, it is 99% accurate. Uh, and, and the part that isn't won't matter. Uh, and so we'd send people to that all the time. And it was a thing that was important for us to make sure that we had, uh, that documentation page up early because it is such a new thing. We wanted people to use it. Now, I don't think most people actually go to the documentation page and use it, but it is there. And the people that do go and that do find it, we, we get messages from them all the time. It's like, holy cow, I, you know, if, I've, I've been to other sites like this and I've never seen a documentation page like this. So, um, we're pretty proud of that. And, and we're also, somebody is on discord nearly 24 hours a day. Um, and we answer emails very, very quickly. Um, it's, uh, again, customer service from my, from my perspective, from Legion events all the way up through Legion supplies. And when I own, I own game stores as well. Um, it's always been number one in my book, you know, uh, the, the saying goes, you know, it, it costs 10 times as much to, uh, to gain a customer as it, as it costs to lose one. So we don't want to lose customers. We want to make sure that they get the communication that, uh, that they can. And we, uh, and, and that goes, that goes to the organizers as well. Um, cause in, in the, in a real sense, organizers are our customers there. Um, we, we tend to call them partners or we tend to call them clients, uh, uh, internally, um, because they, they really are this, this site doesn't go anywhere without them. And we want to make sure they have all the information they can. Um, and so we're, we're pretty regularly people thanking us for, for being very responsive. We, we respond to everything very quickly. Um, uh, it's, it's unusual for you to send something to us and go longer than an hour and not get a response, uh, where a lot of companies would be like, yeah, send it in. We'll get back to you in the next 24. Uh, not good enough for us. Somewhere between a couple of minutes and an hour is, is, is a really long time if you haven't heard from us. Yeah, no, I was, I was quite impressed how quickly you got back to me when I uh, sent out Case the point. email about the uh, the podcast interview. We definitely appreciated the the speed for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, on the 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 note of organizers and and tournaments and putting this whole thing together. So, what are some best practices for running great tournaments? With uh, best uh, it, 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 again, it, it's it's going to be those same two details. Make sure that you're communicating with people. Uh, that you're telling them what you expect out of them and make sure that you're staffed appropriately. Um, if you've got 50 people, you're probably okay soloing it. Um, and then uh, before you run your first tournament with live people, we have you have the ability to make mock tournaments on Melee. So uh, if you're an organizer that wants to come in and play around with it, you can set up a mock tournament and you can run, uh, we have, you can add fake players to it and you can see how they work. Um, you can you can get a couple of friends together to make an account and just run a small live mock tournament if you want to that way you can make a private invite only because uh, that it runs a little bit different when you're dealing with actual players so that's a good thing to do as well um, so get your staffing levels up make sure your communication is up on the front of your on the front of your your tournament view page so the, the thing that tells people what your tournament is and, and what they can expect. Um, and then make sure that you've practiced a little bit. Uh, it is if you've run if you've run stuff on Reporter, 
uh, or DCI reporter or Walter, depending on, on what your level of experience is, um, then you're going to be really familiar with this because uh, so Jason Flatford is is has was one of the premier scorekeepers uh, and ran a lot of the Star City stuff. Um, a lot of the things that happen on the Star City tour. Uh, the, of the tools that, that make the, tu the Star City tool, tour work so well are, are things that Jason developed uh, between their, uh, their, uh, their draft pod. Uh, they had like a little thing that uh, lets people know where the draft pods are, how many people have signed up. There's a little tool that he did that with, uh, a bunch of different stuff. Um, uh, that's all on him, uh, and he's, he's one of the best scorekeepers in the world. So he built this from a place of experience. Uh, and he said, you know, if I was doing this, what would I want it to be like? Uh, and that's the way it was built. Uh, and then me coming in with a lot of scorekeeping experience and organizing experience, and we kind of honed it over time and said, you know, this is, uh, you know, this makes a lot of sense in this way, but it doesn't communicate well. How can we change that word so that it says what it needs to say? Uh, just little tweaks like that over, over time. And uh, um, so it, it's, it's very intuitive. Uh, there's one or two places that might catch people that haven't don't have a ton of experience, but if you if you run a number of experiences, a uh, number of uh, tournaments in your store, you're you're gonna you're gonna tread water on this real fine. Just it, it it's just gonna be. As a matter of fact, one of the first things that we did, I think I mentioned in January, we ran a couple of mock tournaments for some friends. Like we we just brought in. A, I just put up on my Facebook and said, Hey, I need like 30 people to come run a tournament. And I just found a bunch of people that I know and. We got them to log into the site. We didn't give them any instructions on how to use it. Uh, so these were players that were coming in cold. They'd never seen, the, many of them had never played an online tournament before. They had certainly never seen our platform before. Um, and we and we're like, well, do you have like a user's guide or anything? And the specific answer is no, and we don't want to give you one because we want people to walk into this thing and go, I don't understand what I'm doing what, what am I supposed to do here? Because those questions told us where we needed to make improvements and those, uh, those questions told us how we needed to change things. Um, and the crazy things was we had very little of that back. Everybody was like, nope, this is great. So we, we had a handful of feedbacks from that, that, you know, it would be better if this happened in a different way, or if, uh, you know, when I was putting in my, my, uh, my tournament result, if it if it looked this way instead of the way it is, a handful of different things that we changed uh, to to clean it up and make it more intuitive from a player side, and we did a lot of that same stuff with organizers. So um, before we ever wrote a document, uh, we we threw it at a lot of people to tell us where our weak points were. Then we fixed them, then we put them on, then we wrote documentation for it. Well, it's 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 a good way to do it. Yep, it's a UI experience. <laughs> Seems to be working so far. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, what's the biggest tournament? Oh, so far? biggest tournament. So one of the first Red Bull ones that we did back in was it May? It was either May or June. Boy, it was it. I know it was less than half, less than a year ago, but it feels like a lifetime. Um, back in, I think it was May, was the first big Red Bull one. Uh, when they first approached us, uh, well, actually, I kind of approached them because I, I knew the folks at Tournament Center for years, and, and I knew they were doing this thing and said, hey, is there any way we can run this on Melee? Um, and we started talking about it. It sounded like what they were going to do was run a couple of small ones and then do a big one, and then at some point it changed, and all of a sudden the, the first one was the big one. Uh, so they had over 5,000 people sign up for it. 
I think 2,600 or 2,800 was uh, right off the top of my head. I don't remember exactly what the number was, but it was about 2,800 people uh, played first round. So it was a free tournament. And so a lot of people signed up that just didn't wow. come back because there was, there was no reason, there was nothing hooking them to come back. There wasn't an entry fee. There wasn't anything. So, hey, I'm going to play this thing. Yeah. Eh, maybe I'm not. And so, uh, we, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, there's yeah, no, yeah, it's not like you had to travel to an event to sign up or anything. Like it, it's online. It's easy. Everything. So we ended up with a little over 5,000 signups. And I think we, we started round one, started about 2,800 people. Um, and that one is the biggest one to date. Um, and we're, uh, uh, that was, that was a crazy time. <laughs> that was, that was our very first big event. We, um, uh, we were as ready for it as we could, but it still took a, took a good hour and a half to get through that first round, uh, maybe two hours to get through that first round. Um, by round three, it was cruising though. And we were up to like 65, 70 minute rounds and, and everything ran smooth after that. But, um, but a lot of that, again, we talk about the, uh, the kind of the crush that happens with new people. We had a lot of new people that didn't know what we're doing. And, um, and so we had a, a, a lot of new people that we had to get through. Um, and I can't imagine having, uh, having done that on, on any other system. It, it's, uh, uh, we've, we've heard a lot of, uh, a lot of people talk about things that have been run on discord and things that have been run on other platforms and, and, uh, other platforms still have problems with a lot of people causing their servers to, to gray out. Um, they, uh, they still have that problem no matter, no matter what happens. It's just something happens when you get up in that thousand person range, it's just hard to keep that many connections. And, um, uh, all those, all those have the same problems that any site's going to have, but they don't have the cool thing that we have, which is a uh, certified deck list, like sanctioned, um, verified deck list that, that allow you to, to see what your opponent's playing. Cause that's, that's the, that's the link. That's the, the safety measure there for players who are saying, well, you can sign up and you can play whatever you want. And who, how can they tell? It's like, well, you have a deck list right in front of you that says, I've, I've said, I'm playing this. This is what you should be playing. And if you pull out that fourth shock and your deck list only says three shocks, we got some problems. Uh, um, we've got a lot of hopes for some things that we can do down the line that, that'll let us do even more with that. But, but they're, they're a ways off. Um, there's a couple of things that we can do that I probably don't want to get into too much, but we're, we've real, real hopeful for some, from, for some security type features that we can add, uh, into 2021 or, or a little bit later that'll hopefully help us, uh, um, make that even more secure because it's, it's good now, but it could be better. Yeah, that actually, talking about that, I wasn't originally thinking about these questions, but the idea of like, uh, cheating is obviously a problem in, in paper magic, right? Like the actual, the ability to do things that you're not supposed to be able to do. And that's gone in space is what it is. So uh, how do you handle, yeah, like, so you can't cheat, right? You can't stack the deck. You can't cut the cards in a way that's detrimental yeah. to your opponent or something like that, which is fantastic. Uh, but like, so in the example of somebody, uh, you know, bringing the deck that's incorrect or changing or manipulating, depending on, you know, like yep. the, the matchup or something along those lines, how do you, so, how much somebody enforce that? How do you, do you do it? like auto DQ? Um, do you it's going to be, the there, there are, there are, there's a, so there's the, the magic tournament rules have now have, uh, uh, an esports component to them. They have an esports section in it that talks about how to handle rulings, uh, for, for online tournaments. And we, so we have, uh, if, if you're playing as a player, if you're playing someone and you suspect that they've done something wrong, 
again, there's that button that lets you talk directly to an organizer that you can basically throw up a flag and say, you know, this is your, this is your judge. Um, and someone from staff will get back to you and say, what is the problem? What are we looking at? Um, and depending on the type of problem, you can either talk directly to the organizer or you can talk to the organizer with your opponent at the same time, depending on the, on the thing that you're submitting. Um, and there, a little ticket pops up on the organizer window that says, hey, somebody's trying to talk to you. You go assign that to a staff member, and then it opens up a chat window for you to talk directly to that player. So now that player has uh, a little window at the bottom of their of their screen that has the deck list in it. It has a little window that has a direct chat with their opponent, and now it has a little window that has a, uh, or and then there's another screen that you go to to talk to the organizer. So like the, uh, it's hard to describe it here, but if you look at at the the melee site, there's kind of a little a little chat icon at the top near the, the login. And if the organizer sent you a message, there'll be a little a little bug there that says, click this and you go there and you can talk directly to your opponent, uh, or talk directly to your judge, I mean. Uh, and then they can go through things that like what happened, you know, the exact same way it would happen in a live tournament. You know, give me the give me the facts, tell me what you think is happening. They talk to the opponent, get what they think, and then the judges make a determination on what, what they think happened. Um, just like everything. And a lot of times screenshots can help like that. Uh, one of the things that we're, we're going to add, uh, hopefully in the coming months, is the ability to drop a screenshot directly into that chat. We don't have that right now. Um, so what ends up happening is that, you know, you talk to it and if you get to a point where you need to see a screenshot, they'll usually pull you into a Discord DM or send you an email or something like that uh, to get the screenshot that they need to see. Um, it's, uh, uh, and hopefully that changes in the next handful of months, I hope, uh, we'll be able to get that in. It's one of our priorities to get added um, in, the, in the early early part of this year. Sure. Yeah, just one of those things that kind of occurred to me that sound, that seems interesting. Yeah. Well, I wonder how that it's would actually be identical dealt life. with and that sort of thing. But uh, I'm, um, I'm guessing, but I'm also guessing that is generally speaking, that kind of stuff is almost in, eliminated entirely because of the nature yeah. of the platform. And you just, you eliminate the majority of the, the problem. Yep. And like, this, is why, a, this is why you can get away. It's a mistake rather than like a malicious. Yeah. And this is why you can get away with one to 75 ratio in a live tournament in a, like a big competitive tournament. You, you want that to be much more like one to 30 or one to 50, depending on, on, on where you're at, maybe even less if it's a super competitive tournament. Um, because, your the, your staff are also having to deal with putting up pairings, and they're having to deal with collecting match slips, and they're having to deal with uh, actual scorekeeping, and they're having to deal with answering judge calls. It was like, uh, hey, my opponent's being a jerk, or uh, hey, my opponent just cut my deck funny, and I think he top decked something. Yeah. Like I think he, I think he manipulated my deck. You know, you don't have to deal with those sorts of things. Or uh, hey, he said his turn was done, but then he took another thing. And you know, we don't we don't have to deal with the mechanics of the game at all. The only thing you have to deal with is a little bit of player interaction, and whether or not somebody's playing the deck that they said they're they're going to play. And those things are generally pretty provable uh, with a simple screenshot. Like uh, the technology is there, and everybody who's playing knows how to do it. Yeah. Uh, you take a quick screenshot of something that you think is wrong, and then you say that off. And when they say, "Hey, the." what's your proof? Well, here it is. Here's a screenshot that says, uh, here's, here's the deck list that says he's only playing uh, three shocks and, you know, here's his fourth shock <laughs> or, you know, whatever, something like that. Um, uh, yeah. And those are all, those are all traceable. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I imagine it's generally much easier just to, 
and it's a you know the learning curve of of a new platform and a new way of doing things, and I'm sure that will all hammer itself out as time goes on, and, and won't be yeah. And it, as, as I think I said before, as, it already uh, is. It is, already has hammered out a lot. Like the um, yeah. the amount of customer service interactions that we as Melee have had over the last four to five months has has nearly eliminated. We uh, it used to be we would get you know, half a dozen to 12 uh, contacts through Discord a day and a handful of emails. And now it's maybe half a dozen to 12 a week uh, or, or maybe even less. And we have more players than ever playing on the site right now. We've, we've got, uh, like I said before, it was our, our number was 27. Our current number of users is 27,518. And uh, we've run over 3,000 tournaments. 161,000 uh, matches of Magic have been played, 17, almost 18,000 rounds, and we have over 800 organizers registered. Uh, just looking at my stats page, I figured I'd throw that out while I'm at it. <laughs> yeah. like a little bit. So this all sounds fantastic. How would somebody get involved? How does somebody become an organizer? It is and, so and easy, it's, it's painful. Uh, you, you go to melee.gg, uh, there's a little thing that says organizers, uh, up there, click on that thing and says, become an organizer. Click that in, fill out a little bit of information, send it to me. We review every one of these manually. I do, I personally review about, probably about 99% of these. We have one other person that looks at them occasionally and if I get super busy, she'll go through and, and, and check on a couple. I try to do them about once every couple of days. Um, but if uh, if you catch me right, it, it usually only takes a couple of minutes. If I see one come in, and uh, I'll I'll go up. And if you if you're in a hurry for it, and you're going to apply, apply. Send me an email and say, hey, I'm I'm putting in an application right now. I'm really hoping to get something up by this weekend. Uh, can you can you look at it real quick, uh, just to kind of ping me and let me know that it's a that's an important one, and I can do that too. And the email for that is contact at melee.gg. Alrighty, I will make sure all those links are in the show notes, so bing, people bing. can just, you know, click real quick Excellent. and uh, and get started. So, right. last question, last question. What's plan, plan for the future? Twenty twenty one. The first thing I did, uh, we're doing. I think I mentioned earlier. Uh, we're hoping to we're hoping to move into PayPal uh, for our payment system. Um, it does a couple of good things for us, including uh, just giving people access to PayPal. They can so they can pay by PayPal. Um, we we find and occasionally we get in a situation where somebody's credit card won't be taken by uh, because of the type of transaction it is, um, or somebody's like I just don't have a credit card, but I have a PayPal account, uh, and and uh, so we we think that we'll, that'll be better access to players by running that. So that's one of our first one of our first things to do, uh, and then we just have a lot of quality of life improvements that we want to do on the site early. Um, we want to we want to add in imaging into our chat windows so that somebody can drop a screenshot right in there instead of having to do it somewhere else. There's a there's a handful of quality of life and improvements that we want to do that way. Right now we're in the middle of localization, so uh, our first language is going to be Japanese. Um, uh, we're working with the guys over at uh, Wizards Japan to 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 get that up and running. They've they've helped us by doing some translation stuff. Um, and we're uh, because it's it's pretty difficult. Uh, localization on a system like this is actually kind of difficult. It's not not as easy as just clicking a button and translating all the words because the words don't always translate directly. Um, like in and there's a couple of cases in in Japanese where the same word in English across a couple of different pages is different in Japanese. 
Uh, so we have to like break them down and, and like they call it something different. Like if, uh, uh, like they make and call instead of calling it a round, what translate to round might actually be circle. Um, but so there's a different word that they call around, which is a, a match gotcha. or something like that. So we just have to do a lot of those sorts of things. And we're in the process yeah. of doing Japanese. And once we get that done, we'll probably move into uh, Spanish or Portuguese is probably likely to be next. And um, and because uh, once we do the first one, everything after that becomes easy because, uh, uh, well, it's a complicated process, but there's basically an index table that we're going to put together. Um, and that's the thing that we're finishing up right now. Uh, and then hopefully uh, later in 2021, we'll have Melee Point 2 uh, or 2.0, which is going to be, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully stand up a, a version of the platform that is agnostic. Uh, so if you wanted to run Counter-Strike or Smash or League of Legends or something on it, you could do that. It's just, it'll just be basically a bracketing system. Um, and then we'll start expanding into other games from there. Uh, you know, uh, uh, certainly Hearthstone will be one of the ones where we're probably getting into Pokemon as well. Um, there's a handful of different things that we can do. Uh, our our specific strength and experience comes on collectible card game side, uh, so that's really where we're we're focusing because that hasn't that hasn't been a good uh, focus of of any of the or other organizations that do it so far. Um, and we know how to do it. We know how to do it well. So we're uh, we're going to keep riding on that, and uh, and hopefully by the end of the year, you'll see uh, a bunch of different versions of the site that are all linked together. But if you if you're going to play, you know you'll have one account that'll get you into all the different versions of the site. But if you go to the Hearthstone site, it'll look different than the Magic site. If you go, which will look different than the Pokemon site, uh, because it'll give you the tools that you need for that specific game. But it, it'll all be based on a on a backbone of a. Uh, of, a, of a core system that that we gen, then just plug modules into to to make it do the things that we need it to do uh, for each game. Excellent. Yeah, that's some exciting I'm, stuff. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens excited. over the next twelve months and uh, yeah, how it'll be great. Out. Yeah, no, this sounds great. All right, uh, any parting words of wisdom or anything you want to leave the audience with uh, before we sign off? Uh, it's 2021. Let's uh, let's do it upright. Uh, we've got a got a couple months more of uh, of of holding back and quarantining, and uh, hopefully we get to release the hounds here in a in six months or so. Uh, I'm in general personally kind of an introvert. Uh, staying at home works well for me because uh, home is my very favorite place to be. Uh, but I do miss traveling. I do miss going to different events. You know, I've traveled all over the world for magic events over time. And, and that means that my friends are all over the world and I'm looking forward to getting back out into the world and, and seeing some of these people I haven't seen in better part of a year now. Um, and, uh, uh looking forward to that happening. And then, uh, and melee will also, will we'll be there for that. Uh, you can run paper tournaments on melee, just like you can run regular. So, uh, this will give us a, a really interesting way to interact with stores and, and organizers uh, in the live world once that's happening because uh, you could use our system to, to run your tournament and be a deck point or a deck list entry point. So like that's a, a thing that a lot of a lot of people struggle with. Like you can make all your deck collection online now using using Melee. So um, uh, we're looking forward to seeing how that works into the world and uh, it should be an interesting thing for, for a lot of people that don't have the resource to do that. Like, you know, some of the bigger places, you know, Star City and whatnot, they've, they've done their own 
online collection in the past. Uh, that's not really a resource that that uh, that somebody that's running a hundred person tournament can necessarily do, but with mailing now they can. So uh, we're we're looking forward to serving people in the live world uh, as well coming up, uh, hopefully in summertime. Beautiful. And that's exactly something that, I, that crossed my mind, and it's I'm glad to hear that you've uh, you've got that uh, got that going on in your mind as well. So uh, that's fantastic. I'm you know I'm really excited to uh, to see what you guys uh, same can do. as well. We're uh, we're looking forward to seeing where this thing goes. Nothing this but is, up. Uh, beautiful. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate Again, it. Anytime. I really appreciate uh, it. Ready for a redial? And, uh, just let me know. Thanks for listening to today's interview with Steve Port. Make sure you check out Melee.gg and give it a shot for running your events. It'll be very exciting to see how the platform develops over the next year, and I will definitely be keeping an eye on it. All the links will be in the show notes for today's podcast, which you can find at manaversaga.com forward slash MVP092. Remember, there's always room to improve and opportunities available. And if you want to be part of a community on your business journey to share ideas with and continue learning, you can become a member of the Manaverse Network by going to manaversaga.com forward slash join. That's where you can get access to all the seminars from the recent LGS Success Summit and exclusive content and courses, as well as join our weekly masterminds. Until next time, I'm Tom Traplin, and I've been your host. Thanks for listening, and I will see you in the next episode of the Manaverse Podcast.